Characters is an uncensored podcast. Hey, it's your pal Amazing Alfred here from Comic Book Characters, and if you want to follow us along week to week, please feel free to do so at www.facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod. That's K-N-E-E-L-B-E-F-O-R-E-P-O-D, kneelbeforepod. Or you can email us directly at cbcharacters at gmail.com. That's cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, here. And on this week's episode of Combo Characters, Ig and I discuss a huge shakeup in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, a unique addition to the Secret Wars comic line, the quirkiest casting corner we've had to date, and it's back, the hit game that's sweeping the nation. It's another episode of What Do You Do? All that and more. Let's do it. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters, also known as The Fortress of Fortitude. Um, that's only for those who actually stick to the end. Inside joke. Um, welcome to a new episode. Obviously, this is the time of week where you have to drop everything you're doing. Just clear the calendar, clear the schedule, and sit down and listen to us talk about comic book news. Joining me, as always, from San Antonio, Texas, Alfred Arvizu. The friendly, your friendly neighborhood podcaster. I had way more nicknames for you in the past, but not so much anymore. How's it going, dude? Despite the fact that my nicknames are dropping off like flies, uh, pretty good. Who am I talking to, though? I don't know who you are, Oh, sir. my God. I totally messed up the intro. That's right. Oh. You're listening to the incredibly <laughs> invincible, <laughs> invisible egg, also known as as the CEO and president of Snark Industries. Still uh, the was, CEO and president has yeah. not been ousted. No, I'll, no uh, one's even challenging me, um, <laughs> though. Maybe, maybe No I'll... Silicon Valley for you, sir. No. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I always seem to forget to introduce myself, but um, <laughs> I think the fans know who I am. At they this. know who you are. Um, You're like Tony Stark. He's like, you know, right. like how he in, in Iron Man 3, uh, you know, when they do the flashback at the beginning of the movie and he sleeps with that girl, the botanist. Yeah. And like he leaves and he just puts that card it says you know who I am. Yeah. It's they always the botanists, you are. by the they way. They know who you are. It's always those botanists. Uh, the bot gotta watch out, man. Yeah. Those botanists, they'll get you in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Oh um, oh I don't oh I don't know, dude. What about poison ivy? Huh? She's oh a my god, you're so right. Yeah. Poison Ivy. Forgot about that. I try I to forget know. about that movie and this, that character in general. Okay, but. well, the comic book version of her isn't I, so bad. I know that's true. That's true. I just I immediately think of um, the Uma Thurman. Emma Uma Thurman. The Emma I was calling her. I was about to call her Emma. Emma Thurman. Emma Thurman. Her sister. Uh, and her performance. She wasn't Niece? that bad in it actually. Yeah. A lot of people no, really not, liked her performance her in that movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, man. Well, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> Our whole podcast doing? is about <laughs> it's about that Batman movie, by the way. That's we we could do Greg McGregor's stage four. Oh, God. No, no, no. Dude, we're saving we, that. We, we we're saving that for another whole podcast. Pod on that. Uh, McGregor's is one of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> but no, man, let's let's get to some news. Obviously, okay. this isn't like the most yeah. so here's the, the newsiest thing. week we've had. But yeah, here's the thing. 
We bring it every week. We're ready to go. We're ready to rock and roll. The world apparently was not ready to rock and roll this week in the in the comic book universe because not not seems like a lot not a lot happened. Uh, one big thing though that did happen this week that has potential ramifications down the line is that uh, Kevin Feige, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Listener of the podcast. Uh, listener clearly. of the podcast. I guess he's not a friend yet. Uh, listener of the podcast, clearly. Uh, Kevin Feige of Marvel uh, Studios um, is no longer going to be reporting to Ike Perlmutter, okay, who's the head of Marvel, uh, but rather he's going to be reporting directly to Alan Horn of Disney, uh, well, Disney, Disney, Disney Studios. Studios. Right. And, okay, so it's not the flashiest, sexiest thing out there in terms of news, but this is kind of big, because what this tells me is two things. One, uh, Feige is getting an, uh, essentially a promotion without a promotion. Um, he's not going to be reporting to Perlmutter anymore, but rather to Horn directly. Um, and that's usually a good thing. Like, the more, the closer you get to just reporting to, like, one guy or one lady, uh, the more cachet you have, the more confidence they have in you as a person, I guess. And why, mm -hmm. why wouldn't they? Right. I mean, Fags has been, or Fags and whatever he's we been killing get his name right at this point. I believe it's, it's Feige. Feige. It's Feige. Okay. Let's go with Feige. Uh, Fags has been killing it. <clears throat> Marvel has produced Marvel studios has produced 12 number one, uh, debuts in a row. It's pretty much unprecedented in terms of film studios. Um, but here's the other thing. Pearl Mutter uh, is a notorious, and this has been reported at other sources, Collider Video for one, so I'll drop an actual source there. Pearl Mutter is a notorious cheapskate. Um, he's kind of been the that guy. Damn Pearl Mutter. Pearl <laughs> Whenever you hear any stories about like uh, d d disputes within Marvel Studios in terms of contracts for actors or directors or screenwriters, uh, that's almost always Perlmutter. Uh, he he does not like to dole out the cash, and uh, you know it's the famous one of the most more famous stories is that uh, Joss Whedon made more money off of the Doctor Horrible sing along blog that he did independently on the internet than he did actually directing Avengers, the first Avengers film, <laughs> which is insane, and that that's totally a Perlmutter move. Uh, what this probably means is that. Moving forward, uh, more money for the movies, more money to attract actors and whatnot. What do you have any thoughts on on this uh, sort of structural move within the? I yeah, I, I from what I read, it seems like this guy was just hard to work with. I don't know if that's if that's mostly because of the, the financial money issue, stuff, yeah. the financial side. But um, but I get. I mean, everyone's kind of saying that this is a good move. Um, I also read that Perlmutter's still going to be the head of the television side of things yeah uh, with the animation games as well and publishing mm -hmm. um but hey daredevil turned out fine so i guess yeah. i'm not too worried about that does that even count i guess it yeah. would right no it does yeah um i don't know maybe does this open the possibility of having a super villain named perlmutter in a potential oh Marvel man movie in the that would be that would be like the ultimate troll job <laughs> if he throws in a a Perlmutter villain or like just like some incompetent dude in one of the MCU <laughs> films in phase, I guess phase three 
if they really wanted to do like a a legit like re, you know movie version of civil war like yeah they could have a, a pro like a pearl mutter <laughs> character be the one who like fucks up and like oh, starts man. up the whole you know yeah the whole uprising she's like whoops didn't mean to blow up that school uh-huh. oh pearl i God hate children you, <laughs> uh anyway yeah i don't know man i mean i guess it seems to be celebrated by a lot of people so it sounds yeah. like it could only be a good thing um but you know i've always said what marvel movies really need more of are larger budgets <laughs> well you know all things considered their budgets are kind of modest for what they are for what the films are they're not like i mean other than the avengers films which have to be really really large budgets just due to, to what's going on within those films but like just on a straight action film budget they're not they're not obscene yeah but maybe okay. maybe that's Perlmutter. maybe maybe that's Perlmutter keeping it in check all this time so maybe yeah. faggy you know i'll play devil's advocate here maybe if faggy's you know the sole guy maybe he pulls a, a george lucas uh, or Christopher Nolan and mm. lets the power get to his head a little bit and starts making crazy decisions and nobody can tell him no and so the whole thing falls apart. I don't think that's the case. Um, but here's, here's the other thing. Here's kind of like the secret hidden thing that I think no one is talking about for all the thousands of people that are talking about this story. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the thing that no one is talking about is that Perlmutter is actually the guy that has sort of created this acrimonious relationship with like Fox and right. Sony and like, he's the guy. Cause like you said, you just said a second ago, he's still in charge of publishing at Marvel. He's the guy that said, Oh, Fox doesn't want to play ball with us and they're going to make fantastic four movies. Uh, even though we told them not to essentially fine, we're going to cancel the comic book. We're going to not promote any Fantastic Four anything. We're not going to make any toys, no merchandise, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We're not going to help them at all. That's all Perlmutter. (laughs) So maybe with Perlmutter sort of out of the picture in terms of the cinematic universe, maybe this is a way for fakes to kind of give out an olive branch and be like, hey, Fox, hey, uh, you know, hey, Sony. I mean, they've already kind of created this relationship with with Sony and Spider-Man. But maybe yeah, he can I mean, reach it out seems to Fox like that's now. the way to go, right? I mean, I, I guess the only real property where I think it's going to be hard to do is X-Men, just because that has been really profitable. Right. But, I mean, Fantastic Four? How hard could it be, really? Right. I mean, and here's here's the rumor that, I, that I've that i read, okay, is that Fox really, really wants to do a uh, an X-Men-themed television, television series. Um, which I guess, I, again, if it's television, then doesn't it go back to Perlmutter? But, you know, I don't know. Right. But the rumor is is that Fox really wants to do this TV show and that there's talk between the two sides, Fox and Marvel, that maybe if Fox lets Marvel fold Fantastic Four back into their cachet of characters, that, that Marvel will support and, and allow... Uh, Fox to do an X-Men television series. Oh, that could be cool. A little back-scratching, you know? You scratch yeah. this thing. That would be cool. Um, you know, so I here's the thing at the end of the day with this. It is, it's not It's not a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak or whatever, but just through these, these small movements within the company, it allows for more possibility of things to happen, I think. So, 
the only other thing I'm concerned about is, you know, if you've got all of the TV stuff with Jeff Loeb is the is the head of Marvel TV. If he ultimately has to report to Perlmutter, okay, so you've got Agents of Sealed, Agent Carter, you know, the um, Daredevil and so on in all of the Netflix shows. If those are all reporting to Perlmutter, but you've got all the movies reporting to Faggy and, and Alan Horn, then, like, does that decrease the amount of crossover between all of those characters? What do you think? Well, there's there's none right now. Well, yeah. There's well, zero. no, there's there's a little bit because on Agents of Shield, they've had oh, right. Shield. they've had yeah. some Thor characters show up. Uh, Lady Sif, I think was on. Yeah, there. I mean, no, I think that stuff would still. I mean. It's not like they're going to be two totally separate things. I mean, they're 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 both going to be interacting. I would imagine. It's just, you know, and I I would imagine if if they worked with with Ike in the past and you know were able to put together movies and television shows, they'll they'll be able to do it again. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I but who knows? I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because like you don't really know what their insider workings are like. But yeah. It's just funny that this is like coming out and getting kind of public now. I mean, obviously the all the people that are quoted in these stories are all anonymous sources. So yeah, uh, but you know, I had no idea that there was this issue at Marvel, and like it's funny that that they've still been able to create such a cohesive and like really successful, well planned out yeah model that now DC's like really trying to 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 capitalize on as well. So. You know, I, that, know I mean, it's hard to say. I guess we'll see in the future where, where this leads, but... And that's a good point because... And I think maybe the, 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 the minority of detractors of this move are saying, okay, Perlmutter and... Uh, Perlmutter and, and Faggy don't get along or whatever. You gotta supposedly. stop changing pronunciations of people like mid-show. Perlmutter? Like, if you're going Perlmutter and then all of a sudden you're Perlmutter, like, <laughs> people are gonna be... They're gonna be really confused. P... <laughs> just stick P- to one. Pearl Mutter? Just call him Peanut. I mean, whatever. Just P-Mutz. stick to one. Peanuts. Okay. If Fags and Peanuts haven't been getting along, but yet they've been able to, through their working relationship, have been able to to create this amazing, expanding cinematic universe, and it works. It clearly has worked. Um, maybe that's what they need. Maybe there's that checks and balances what's needed. And so maybe with Faggy not having that now, maybe it all falls apart again. Uh, I don't know. Can we'll we, see. Yeah. We, you, you touched on Fantastic Four a second ago. Can I bring up something that was Fantastic Four related that happened yeah. this week? Um, <laughs> it came out that Stan Lee, in an interview with Larry King, who apparently is still doing interviews. Um, I guess he has, does he have a podcast now? I think that's what it is. Does he have a um, yeah, Stan Lee said that he has not seen the Fantastic Four movie. So <laughs> you and I have seen more, apparently seen more Marvel movies than, than Stan Lee has. At um, least by one. By okay. one. Um, and here, before we go get ahead. into it, I just want to say like why he, just go through some of his comments. Okay. Um, yeah. They asked him why he hadn't seen it. And he said, and this is a quote, well, it was probably because I didn't have a cameo in it and they didn't discuss the story with me. I haven't seen it yet, so I really can't comment. Um, and there you go. I mean, it is kind of funny that he's not in, doesn't have a cameo in it. But you know what? That's probably better for him. I don't think he wants to have his yeah, face. Yeah, in. yeah. So here's I, and I get that, and that's the official reason. Here's what I think the real, really, real reason is: is that somebody saw Fantastic Four 
maybe in the preview week or whatever for the critics and they're like oh my god this movie is terrible if if stanley sees this film it will literally break his heart and he will <laughs> die make sure stan doesn't see this film and and so they then had a group of people surround stan made sure he didn't see fantastic four to save his life that is that is what i think is the real I think yeah. I think scenes. an equally plausible scenario is that Stanley actually did watch the movie, but has like literally nothing nice to say about it. So he just tells people that he hasn't watched, it. <laughs> like a true gentleman uh, yeah. that he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, you know what's also kind of surprising about that is that uh, he was not consulted in any way about the film. Right. Uh, if he was, was, I mean, no th- let's be honest, the thing would have had pants. I think so. I think that would have been the first thing. It's central thing. To the eth- you know, to the uh, right, to the canon, the Fantastic Four canon. The thing needs pants. Most people need pants. Most people need pants. I mean, that's just <laughs> shit. That's just how it goes. Um, yeah, man. I, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that Stan didn't see it because if he had, I don't, I don't think his life would have been improved in any way, shape, or form by having seen Fantastic Four. So, I think that would have taken shed a couple of minutes off his life. A little Hours. bit. I mean, at, maybe a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. At least four days. for At Fantastic least four? two hours. <laughs> at le- definitely at least two hours. <laughs> Up to as much as four days of his life. Just gone. Right. Um, okay. Well, in slightly more positive Fantastic Four-ish news, because it's a little wow. related. Okay. <laughs> Barely. Man, what, a, what, a, here. what okay. a stretch, maybe, this is. Oh. Uh, Fantastic uh, Four related? Fantastic Four. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. Secret Wars, the hit summer oh, uh, right. comic event of, of the summer. What? Yeah. Um, the hit summer comic event of the summer. That does <laughs> It does say that all right on the comic, right on the front page. <laughs> Um, right. Produced by Marvel. It's the big thing. It's, it's, they're, they're folding in the Marvel comic book universe and the ultimate Marvel comic book universe. And they're going to start over or whatever after the series is over. Uh, some very pivotal character. One of the main, one of the main pivotal characters in this whole series is uh, Mr. Fantastic. And it's getting pretty great reviews all around, uh, from all the fans and critics. Uh, the art is fantastic. The Alex Ross covers of these comics are amazing. Oh, there's so um, much going on. Yeah. There's, uh, they're really nice. Uh, but we've got some, what I think is pretty cool news. I want to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh, secret wars, the secret wars series, which was supposed to be eight issues is now getting an additional issue to complete the story. Yeah, and this isn't happening, like, before the series launches. Like, we're in issue five right now. And yeah. they're like, uh, by the way, yeah, we said eight. It's going to be nine. Um, well, almost like a director's cut of something. Do you know, is there precedent for that? I mean, I'm sure there is with all the millions of comics that have come out. But, like, that well, just here, seems a little strange when it's such a big time. Like a big event know, that summer, they probably planned out. Summer, you know, summer summer series of the summer that's taken the summer by storm. Um <laughs> You know, for them to do that right in the middle of the summer is just, I mean, at the end of the summer is weird. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a little weird. I, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the series. They just, it they makes just, very little sense to me. <laughs> they've just Good. summer slammed us with an additional issue. And yeah. that's well put. <laughs> um, as for precedent, you know, I don't know. I don't, I can't think of an example where issues have been added. I've definitely seen the, the reverse. 
I've seen, you know, comics that were supposed to be 10, 12 issue runs. They got cut to six because nobody read them. Right. Um, or, or limited series that were supposed to be four issues. Two issues come out and that's just it. They just never finished the rest of the series. I've seen that many a time. Um, you know, Daredevil Bullseye, I'm looking at you, <laughs> which was written by Kevin Smith. Um, but, you know, um, I'm, I've enjoyed it. I actually haven't read issue five yet, so, you know. My, well, my main issue with Secret Wars is that it just doesn't, it feels a little anticlimactic because we know that Marvel's doing this whole rebranding and you have all these series coming out mm-hmm. and you kind of know what that's going to look like already. So the timing's a little weird. It just doesn't feel as important as it probably should be. Yeah. And just because you the storyline is so much about kind of like hitting the reset button, you just kind of get the sense that by the end of it, we're going to have, you know, something that looks a little bit more than similar to what we're used to in the comic world. That's at least what I expect to happen. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we'll be surprised. I, there was I, a pretty big death yeah. in the last series, in the last issue, which I won't mention because you haven't, I don't think you've gotten to it yet. But, oh. um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's... It's like it's a clusterfuck. I'm not gonna lie. Like there's there's a there's lot, a lot going, going on. on, yeah. And it's it's a bit hard to follow, and just all of the character alignments are kind of weird. Um, it's a strange series, but I'm I mean I'm I'm, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I think it's how one of those, they wrap it up exactly. I think but. it's one of those things where the longer you've been a Marvel fan, like the more you've read, the more you'll get out of what they're trying to do. But I think if you're jumping in within the last year or two, that it makes it more difficult. I know they released that Secret Wars prelude thing uh, yeah. to kind of help, but you're right. There's a lot of stuff going on there. I think ultimately this the, the issue the issue or the problem here is that with social media and the internet and new you know it's so hard to keep a secret anymore, especially a secret war. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That that what they're trying to do here would have worked a lot better, you know, maybe twenty years ago. Um, yeah, no, because because and now it did that we work a lot better twenty years ago. Yeah, because now that we know about the rebranding and all that, they all knew all different Marvel, which is cool. And I'm really excited about it, and I, I love a lot of the things that they're gonna roll out out of that thing. But we already know about all of that stuff, and you know, twenty years ago. We, this all could have played out in real time with just getting the comic every month and then, like, the end and then being like, holy shit, what happens next? Yeah, it's true. And then, like, and I then feel like, like a totally month, lost that. Yeah. And then, like, a month later, you're like, oh, my God, Spider-Woman's pregnant? What the hell? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, that's why I said it's a little anticlimactic. I just don't see this series doing anything that's going to make anyone go nuts. Because, I mean... Yeah. Usually the stuff that makes people go crazy is when a character gets killed off. Right, it's if anyone permanent. gets killed off yeah. in Secret Wars, no one here is thinking, like, oh, that character's done. Unless it's, like, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> That's, like, the one character where it's like, okay, if he dies, maybe that is his death, because, at yeah. least for a while, because there's no Fantastic Four series planned for Marvel. Right. Well, and like you said, it's, you know, it's the same thing in film, right? There's only so many stories you can actually tell. Um, this, you know, you can only tell, like, 12 stories. And it's all about the execution of that story that makes a story or a movie different. So maybe maybe with Secret Wars, it's less about the uh, the destination and more about the journey. Mm. Yeah. Don't stop believing. 
Jim. No, no, I'm not gonna. I sing way too much on this show because I can't uh, sing, and I, it I enjoy every time you sing. <laughs> I think, you have the I think you're the, the only angel. one. Um, okay, man. So anyway, I I can't wait to catch up on Secret Wars. I think it's pretty cool that they're getting an extra issue. It's a little weird because you would think they would have had this thing planned out way, way, way in advance, but. Maybe they have some cool little uh, little twists and turns or little uh, nods to the fans yeah. they want to throw in. The yeah. quote from uh, the, the Marvel was that the quote from <laughs> the quote from Marvel about this was that the the last issue, the ninth issue, will allow them to tell the story, quote unquote, as intended. Hmm. So I don't know if that means that with the eighth, just eight issues, it wasn't what was originally planned. That seems weird, but yeah. Maybe they just realize, you know what? We're really, we're really gonna want to focus a lot more on Mr. Fantastic's death. What if, uh, what if the issue nine is like ten dollars, and they just were like, "This is a really easy way to, <laughs> to get a lot of extra money," and like um, nothing, it's just like a recap issue. It's just a recap. <laughs> Everything that happened. Um, um. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's. Well, I guess we'll talk more about this series as, they as come we out. get closer yeah. to the end, because uh, that's going to be a big moment uh, once we hit that last issue, which I'm sure is going to be pretty explosive, dude. Pretty explosive. Yeah. It's going to be the fall event of the fall, I think. I believe that it would be the... <laughs> it, it would be like the, a fall of of uh, of epic fallitude. There you go. Okay, that that died a slow and painful <laughs> death. Let's move on uh, to this week's. Get ready to sing, Casting yep. Corner. Casting Corner. Uh, this might be the weakest cast corner of all time because uh, we got a couple of items and they are all Supergirl related. Is that right? Yeah. Would you like to give our listeners a little yeah. taste of some of the Casting let's Corner see, news? This let's week? see how excited I can sound about this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In this week's Casting Corner, we've got. Ido Goldberg of Salem and Peaky Blinders, whatever that is. It's a thing. <laughs> That's a show. Yeah. That people watch. It's a, yeah, you can watch it on the internet and maybe on your television. I heard um, it was okay. I haven't actually watched it, but. No idea what it is. Yeah. He will be playing T O Morrow. T O Morrow. Get it? Do you get what he's getting at there? Also known as Red Tornado. Red Tornado. Uh, Red Tornado, who, by the way, has a very garish costume. It's like red and yellow. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're probably going to tone that down. They got to take it down a couple of notches. Who is this? Is this show meant for, like, who's the audience here? You got a character named Dr. Tomorrow, and then, like, everything takes place in National City. It's like. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it seems it, like you know so what? dumbed down, everything. It's, it's kind of, you know what I'm starting to get the feeling with this is, is I, and this is what I think, yeah, this is one of my little favorite little bits to do. This is what happened in the pre-production pitch meeting for Supergirl, the TV show on CBS, CBS execs, and DC uh, Comics. Hey guys, uh, you remember, remember that uh, Batman TV show in the 1960s? <laughs> yes, okay. everyone yeah. nods. That thing did bango bucks. What I think we should do is bring that show back. And you know, everyone loved Batgirl in that show. 
Let's do oh, that. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Yvonne Craig. I think we forgot to mention that last week. Yeah. That's Seriously, bummer. though, she was fantastic as Batgirl. That's not even a bit. Like, that's a legit thing. I used to watch that show on Nick at Night growing up. She was great as Batgirl. I mean, it, I, the show is what it was, but, you know, it, she was good. She was good. I totally had a crush on Batgirl. I did, too. I mean, I think, uh, I don't think that's a hard thing to imagine. Getting back to my bit. Yeah, please, because I mean the fans really want to finish. Want to finish this. something? Man. Go ahead, man. We gotta do that. We're gonna do that, but not back all the time. We're gonna do Supergirl, but we're gonna make it for the ladies, you know. Make it so it's like a show that's relatable to a woman in the year 2015. <laughs> what does a lady gotta do to 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 climb the ladder, to break through the glass ceiling, to fly through the glass ceiling? How I old is this Supergirl. character you're playing right now? Yeah, this guy's <laughs> this guy's 108. 108. I feel like he would refer to women as broads. Broads. Yeah, yeah. we're the broads. So we got a broads got to break through that glass. Um, <laughs> but we got to make it a little campy, but not too campy. We got to make it a hip for the kids so the kids know what's going on. The kids know what's to do. Yeah. And I think I think that's the meeting that happened. Like, it seems like this show, at the same time, wants to be a little Ally McBeal-ish. Mm-hmm. But, yep. Which is weird because Ally McBeal was relevant 15 years ago. Right. A little out of place now, but that Not seems to be work. the tone that they're going for. Uh, a little Ally McBeal-ish, a little bit Batman 60s TV show, because it seems a little campy in a way. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, or su- and then, I, would, I would even think like Superman TV show with uh, Dean Cain. Dean Cain and, uh, and Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then it's, they keep jamming in all of these like very true-to-the-comic characters and villains and heroes and stuff, like very nodding to the fans. And I'm just like, I don't know what the show's gonna be, man. Like, yeah, I know. It's very, it's it's very weird. The other, the other casting corner announcement for this week is a, a guy by the name of Glenn uh, Morshower, who has been in the Transformers films, the Michael Bay Transformers films. He's gonna be playing a character named General Sam Lane, who I do Oof. believe is from the Supergirl comic book. I hope uh, the, our listeners are sitting down because that is bombshell. <laughs> yeah. Hold on to your hats. But here's the weird thing about Glenn Morshauer. Okay, in the Transformers movies, he plays like an army guy, like a general, basically. Uh-huh. Like, you know, just in your mind, think of what, like, stereotypical army general movie guy is. And that's yeah, totally right. who he's playing. And in Supergirl, he's literally playing General Sam Lane. Pretty <laughs> much the same character. Like, not a stretch not Mr. Fantastic Lynn Morshauer, because that's not a stretch. Um, well, I mean, I guess so. He's been he's been typecast, is what you're typecast. saying. Typecast, yes, yeah. sir. Uh, yeah, man. So, what, <laughs> what do you think about Glenny Boy? Uh, as T.O. Jason? Morshauer? T.O. Less Bath. Um, yeah, I I I don't I don't even know what to say. Um, yeah. except that he he's got the general look down. He does look and like a I'm general. sure he's going to do a great job on what should be a, just an awful, awful show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I know we were going to we're going to segment into what is probably the most well received uh, thing that we do here on comic book characters. Oh wait, hold on, I what, didn't know this. I should have looked this up earlier. Okay, Sam Lane, father of Lois and Lucy Lane. Oh, the, so it's 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 he's Lane. Actually, okay, Lane. There's Makes the sense. last name. It's right there in the name. Yeah, Lane name. Why isn't his name Larry Lane or Luke Lane? Oh, that's a Marvel thing. Oh, that's right. You're right. 
Um, right. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be the dad. Okay. So. Well, that seems uh, that's actually pretty cool. Like I said, the show is weird. It's like doing all these nods to the characters in the comics, and and that's great. I just don't kind of know what direction it's going in. Before we get into the last Wait, segment, okay, yeah. I keep I keep knocking you off. Oh, here, okay, yeah, just this I'm is another casting corner thing that I didn't know about. Maybe you already knew about it. I don't think we've yeah. talked about it on the show. Okay, Callista Flockhart is actually cast in Supergirl. Yeah, dude, we saw her. What are you talking about? Oh my God, she's the. That's right. <laughs> she's the boss. She's the. She's lady. the boss. She's like the uh, Devil Wears Prada boss. The Devil Wears Prada. Cat Grant. I'm sorry, I totally forgot about that. It's just it's just when you said Ellie McBeal. <laughs> And then I saw her name, and I was like, oh, my God, you nailed it. Oh, man. That's how much I love that that episode. I remembered <laughs> pilot, it so well. The pilot that we watched. That's amazing. Oh. I, I just remember Supergirl <laughs> saving her sister from dying. Yeah, and then the, the sister being and pissed off And the sister comes back, it. she's like, what are you doing? Everyone knows who you are. Like, You're uh, ruined maybe... everything. This is yeah. why dad doesn't like you. <laughs> That's exactly what you sounded like. Oh, man. And it's like, so, uh, she just saved your life. Dude, what are you complaining a, here, about? Here's an idea for a, um, maybe not a future podcast for CBC, but maybe like a special episode. We we, we do the pilot, but we dub over the audio of the pilot <laughs> <laughs> for all the characters. Yeah, well, you would you, you got the you got the uh, sister character down, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll definitely be the sister. Um, yeah. Before we get into the, are you gonna? Do you have any other casting? Uh, let me just figure this. No, I'm good. I'll okay. let, you, let you go. Before we get into the last segment, there is one last thing I want to talk about. I forgot to put it up on the board. Um, just want to get your thoughts real quick. So Andrew Garfield made a little, a few waves this week. Oh yeah, I read about uh, because that. Uh, he was interviewed and he was basically talking about his experience on Amazing Spider-Man one and two, and he basically said, I mean, he basically shit on the movies a little bit. Um. Uh, so he said that, uh, he felt like he, he wasn't up to the task ultimately that he wasn't Spider-Man, um, that he wanted to be Spider-Man, but that he wasn't Spider-Man. He compared doing is this, those is films. Is this verbatim? Cause I don't remember reading that no. part or you just are trying to remember. It's, a, it's my, I, I'm, I am, uh, paraphrasing, but he okay. did say, he did essentially say that he, he was excited to be Spider-Man, and he wanted to be that character, but he felt that his portrayal was not that character. So he fully. was like the opposite of Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man 1? He was like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, he also compared it, and this is a paraphrased quote, but he did say this. He compared it to uh, you know, canning Coke working on those films. So literally right. just like a job. Yeah, he had he had a really good quote, which I actually agree with. Where it was he was saying like these kind of movies have to appeal to such a broad audience that it kind of takes the soul out of it because you're trying to get you're trying to get all the everyone. check marks. Yeah, he and he had a good quote of like describing the kind of people like you know just the different types of personalities and people that you have to attract. I, I don't have it in front of me, but anyway, okay. Um, what he was saying is like you want the movie to be accessible to ten year olds. You also want like adults to like it. And the hardcore fans. The hardcore fans and, you, you know... The critics. The movie obviously wants to make a lot of money, so in, in the end, it, it kind of becomes a kind of bland, mm-hmm. uh, soulless product. Which, honestly, kind, I agree with like I, think most, I think most movies are like that, to be yeah. honest. Um, at least, you know, big big budget films. Right. So, yeah, I agree with him. I, I You know, props for saying all that, but I love that at the end of the interview, he's like, 
oh, but I'd totally play it again. Like, <laughs> I would totally be a superhero again if I get the opportunity. So Right. <laughs> I didn't want to shut the door. Well, here's the thing. You know, I don't know if those comments were necessary. I mean, I guess he felt he had to get it off his chest. I don't think anybody who sees Amazing Spider-Man 1, 1 or 2 thinks that he's the problem with the movies. You know, it's not Andrew Garfield. I mean, he's pretty good in it. Like, maybe you yeah, don't agree I, with I that. I think take. he's talking about the whole movie. Probably Process he was stuff. just talking about himself. But but he talks about he talks about how he couldn't save those films, right? Like he felt he felt like he let those films down in a way. And I think it was for that reason. Um, you know, the fact that you couldn't. You can't really take a film, a franchise like Spider-Man, and make it your own, right? You know or mean? really any film as an actor, because films are these giant collaborative efforts, right? Uh, you've got writers, directors, producers, actor. You know, act, did I say actors already? Um, <laughs> well, I guess what I mean is, is especially for franchises, and looking at it from like a director's perspective, there's there's certainly films out there that have, you know, if, if it's like a director's original idea, or even if it's not, but that you know, the kind of auteur method of like the, you know, everything kind of goes through that person and it's mostly that director's vision. Right. You can't really do that with comic book properties because there's just so many, ah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm unless gonna... of course your vision just happens to line up perfectly with what Marvel or DC or any other comic book company likes, uh, which okay. is probably unlikely. I'm going to take your point and I'm going to stack on it just a little bit because I think you're right. But I think that's only true for the truly franchised, well-known comic book characters. Because yeah, Guardians is. of the Galaxy... Yeah, well, that's... that's yeah, there, there's is, there's a difference. It's so successful and was so well done and it just hit on everything. But a large part of that is because people didn't know who these characters were, so they weren't entrenched in all of this mythology exactly. for these characters. Exactly, yeah. Um you know, but the last thing I want to say about Andrew Garfield is But now is try to make a sequel to that movie, and all of a sudden you, you are going to have... You're going to you know, start running series. into that problem. Right. As these as these characters become more in the in the, in the, uh, in the, min, the minutiae of just popular culture, uh, you're going to start running into that problem. And th- this goes for all, all comic book characters. Um, but the last thing I want to say about Andrew Garfield was that a lot of people are like, oh, he's got sour grapes and all of that. And, you know, God, if I'm a producer or a studio exec, I don't want him on my film if he's going to talk shit about my film after. But I don't think that's what he meant. I think some of his comments are being taken out of context or people are misconstruing them. Because I really feel like I remember there was this video of him at a Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, before the first movie came out where he was uh, in costume all day. And, and he gave this speech, and it was a very heartfelt speech. Now, granted, Andrew Garfield is a very good actor, I think, but this seemed to really come from him. Like, he, he grew up reading Spider-Man comic books, and that was his favorite comic book character. So it was a really big deal for him to be able to play this role. I don't think this is sour grapes. I just think he he really wishes that how the character came out, how these films came out, was different than what happened. Yeah, no, I don't think it's sour grapes at all. I mean, it, this isn't like... Josh Trank coming out like the day that Fantastic Four came out and talking about how you know he, You've been he basically had nothing to do with it. Um, you know, this is like years after the movie came out, and I don't think it's really this like trying to distance himself from the movie. He's just he probably just felt frustrated that you know what the vision he had in his mind in his head of what he thought this movie was going to be didn't end up being what it was. I mean, I think that's fine. That's yeah, that's a perfectly human response to something like that. So I, I don't I don't really take any 
any offense to it. I, I kind of liked it, actually. It's kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Hey, don't worry, Andrew. CBCU's got your back, man. We got you. Uh, we got you. So, now it's time to play the hit game that is hitting oh, oh, the nation all summer long <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> We're in September, by the way. But I mean, Oh, yeah, it's not even the summer anymore. Um, well, is it? I don't know. No, it technically it's not. It's technically we've moved on, I think. Or no. I Let me, I, okay. Look I it need up. to look this up. Look it up. You, while you keep talking. But da, 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 da. what do you do? What do you do? It's not really gender specific, but it's called what do you do? It could be a female. That's not a problem. What he slash she do? What By the way, do? Wednesday, September twenty third is the beginning of fall, so we still got yeah the hit game of the days. summer. Actually, the hit yeah. game of all of the seasons. What do you do? Is back. And it's better than ever? I don't know. I, well, I guess um, we'll know by the end of this, yeah. I don't know. So, for those that are new, somehow new to this game at this point, uh, this game is a game in which Ig and I have pulled from the v- multitude of comic book characters, uh, both Marvel and DC, uh, uh, characters, obscure characters, and we each take turns providing a name, and only the name of the character, with perhaps spelling, and yeah, spelling uh, is allowed and uh, and then the other person gets a limited amount of time to guess what that character is and ultimately what he or she does and uh, then we score we each get a point uh, if you get it right we are allowed to give each other half points depending on how close you get so on and so forth and the winner at the end of the game is with the one with the most points yeah no i think yep. you that's pretty it. much described it um yep. who wants to go first here would you like to go first um I would like to guess first. Okay. So uh, I picked three DC characters because I knew I was looking at this uh, podcast, not a lot of DC stuff in there, except for Cast and Corner, which was DC, pretty much entirely DC. 100%. 100%. Uh, so I thought uh, throw DC some love slash hate here because these are not memorable characters um, at all. So let's start off with your first character, who goes by the name Nobody. Nobody. Okay. Is nobody... Can I get a spelling for nobody? It's one word, exactly how it's pronounced. Okay. Nobody. So it's not like... N-O-B-O-D-Y. It's not like Noah body or... No, it's not like T.O. Morrow or whatever the fuck that was. (laughs) Which is, I mean, at this point, totally plausible. Right. Um, Okay, nobody. Nobody. Um, All right, nobody... uh, is a uh, character that has no distinctive features, almost like a blank canvas. For those familiar with the Marvel Spider-Man villain Chameleon, um, somewhat like that. So like a blank face, maybe a mask, or, or, or even possibly like a mutation. And they have the ability to mimic uh, people and assume identities of other people and i'm also going to go with they're trained in the ability to mimic voices and mannerisms of other people okay i mean it's not it's not too 
too bad. Um, he actually has a pretty interesting backstory. Okay. He uh, is the former trainer of Bruce Wayne. Uh, nobody disapproves of Batman's methods, finding them too soft on crime. To show Wayne the error of his ways, he tries to lure Wayne's son, Damien, into adopting a more lethal approach. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um, you got a couple of those things right. He's He doesn't really have any superhuman powers or abilities. Uh, he uses weapons well in hand-to-hand combat. Uh, he does, in the image that I'm looking at, have a blank face, like you said, so you can't uh-huh. really no expressions there um he uses um a a move called the nerve strike which is a strike between the eyes which instantly knocks out anybody he uses it on uh he wears a suit which has a cloaking device which i think goes back to something you said uh, being able to hide or uh i don't know espionage or something yeah makes him uh, virtually invisible to the human eye uh and he was able to sneak up and kill a representative of batman incorporated at one point um Anyway, yeah. So he uh, also has a sonic weapon, which can be used to incapacitate his foes. And that, everyone, is nobody. I'm going to give you half credit. All right. I'll take that half credit. Yeah. I'm going to write down half credit. Okay. You're not going to remember that? (laughs) Just in case I forget. Okay. Your first character is from the Marvel stable of characters. Uh... Attractive woman. Your character's Attractive name okay, for what do you do is American Eagle. American or American? American Eagle. American Eagle. Eagle. Um, okay. I mean, I'm already getting images of a very patriotic kind of Captain America style dude with an eagle head. Okay. Uh, that's just what I pictured. Um, went really literal with that. American Eagle. Um you know, the America tie-in probably has something to do with the military. Um, obviously very patriotic. Um, could also just be a kind of Union Jack character, but obviously the American version. Kind of a um, just just kind of badass with a lot of guns and can fight really well. Um, American Eagle. I mean, I I just kind of picture an all-around badass. I mean, I'm going to guess his powers are just combat, and he's got eagle in the name, so I'm going to say he can fly. And he's probably like a little Captain America Jace. Okay. That's, I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's probably too vague, but that's my final answer. It's pretty vague, but okay. American Eagle is Jason Strongbow. Okay. So, based off that name, what do you think his, like, ethnicity would be? So, he's Native American? God yeah. damn it. So, so does, he have a, does he have, like, a bow and arrow? No. He doesn't have a bow and arrow. He doesn't have an eagle. Ah. No eagle. <laughs> he literally is dressed, um, he's dressed like a, like an extra in a, like, maybe a uh, George Michael music video. He's got, like... Boots, oh, tight jeans, tight blue jeans, yep. a white T-shirt, and a blue jean jacket. Oh, she's uh, going with like a Canadian tuxedo look. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. Uh, Jason Strongbow was a man who tried to prevent developers from exploiting the environment that was sacred to his tribe. The developers were working in league with Claw when Jason and his brother Ward confronted Claw in the mines. 
The combination of radioactive rock and Claw's sonics mutated Jason's genetic structure, making both of them more than just a man. Wow. I think there'll be a storyline where uh, American Eagle goes after the Washington Redskins name. (laughs) I would love to see that story. Daniel Snyder is such a perfect comic book villain. I mean, he's like... Oh, man. What if if somehow you get uh, P-Mutts in there as well? Oof. I can't even imagine the damage they would do. (laughs) P-Mutts and Snyder? Yeah. Oh, man. So, powers and abilities for American Eagle. American Eagle has an enhanced sense of taste, touch, smell. (laughs) Oh, my God. Best power. Taste. (laughs) Dude. Okay, hold on. Let me finish it. Okay, American Eagle has an enhanced sense of taste, touch, smell, hearing, and sight. He has superhuman strength, speed, stamina, and reflexes as a result of his mutation. He is known to carry a specialized crossbow that fires blunted bolts. Um, Enhanced sense of taste. How much do you think he would have enjoyed the Invisible Woman slam from <laughs> I was. It's so funny, man. We're on the same wavelength because I was thinking the same thing. And I, th- I would think if you have an enhanced sense of taste, everything, if anything, that would almost be a curse, right? Because like, everything would probably taste really bad to you. You think so? What if something tasted really well, good, though? Wouldn't it taste right? But I mean, good? like to us, when we eat at Denny's, like we'll have a, a thing burger. We'll, we'll think it's fine. But oh, if you could like right. really notice like the freshness of the food, or oh. all you know, just like really taste yeah. everything about it, like it probably wouldn't taste that good. You'd probably you would recognize have to eat... it, like oh, this is not this is you... not quality. <laughs> so so does American Eagle basically have to live in Portland, Oregon? <laughs> Where everything He's is like farm a food to table. Snob. Like he probably yeah. eats at like French bistros all the time. <laughs> That's like all he can eat. Oh man. Um. So yeah, you. I don't think I'm going to give you any points because I, I don't deserve them. I none think of that fine. mentioned any yeah. of the things that you said. It does say he can fight well, but I don't think that's enough. That's not enough. Um, uh, he's also been in 47 issues. <laughs> His first appearance is in something called Exciting Comics number 25. <laughs> Exciting Comics. That's Exciting good. Exciting Comics. That should be the and, name of our podcast. Oh, yeah. Exciting Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm comics. ready for my All second right. character. Your second character goes by the name Natas. Natas. Can you spell that for me? Sure. N-A-T-A-S. Natas. Natas. All right. I'm going to just go real quick with this. Natas is a female character uh, who's underwater, has nautical abilities, can breathe underwater, swim really well, and has a harpoon or lance of some sort. And that's it. So... She's fucking uh, Aqua Woman. Aqua basically. Girl. Yeah, Aqua um, Yeah, dead wrong. But I liked okay. where you went with that. That was actually pretty good. Uh, Natas, I believe, is a man from this image. Uh, it's hard to tell. Is a martial arts master who tra- trained Deathstroke. Uh, oh, green... so you're all about, like, trainers today, apparently. I went, trainers I went trainer people. heavy. I went trainer heavy. Green Arrow has also sought his tutelage. Nice. Uh, Natas uh, is very good at marksmanship, unarmed uh, combat, stealth stamina agility and something and he's also adaptive what does not look really like well what what does he look like he looks like potentially like a just a short bald uh blasian okay <laughs> it's really weird it's really he's, we might have to throw that on the thread to show people because he's, he's 
I, I would describe him as Blasian. Okay. Um, so I, I get no points. I get, you get no points. You get that. absolutely zero points zero for points. that. Don't right feel too bad. Now this has appeared point. in a grand total of four comic book issues. Wow. That's very obscure. Yeah. All right. Your second character. And honestly, if you don't get this, I'm going to going to hit you the next time i'm i'm threatening i should violence. know the character or it's in I'm the name threatening or violence you know just what? the name just just go okay on. the character's name <laughs> this is a dc character dc comics character getaway genius getaway genius yep getaway genius okay so his powers are that he's a genius at getting away. <laughs> okay, is that your final answer? <laughs> He's also probably really fast, but yeah, that's that's it. Okay. Getaway Genius is a slick Gotham criminal whose modus operandi is making a slick getaway. Nice. He's currently under chemotherapy and his identity. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of Genius. <laughs> getaway Genius. Couldn't Thanks for getaway. tuning in. Couldn't get, couldn't get away from cancer. Um, <laughs> couldn't run away from cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. He's currently under chemotherapy, and his identity is now carried on by his daughter, Olivia. Who also goes by Getaway Genius? Yep. Olivia has huh. now taken up the mantle. Um, and the ironic thing is, Getaway Genius, whose name is Roy Reynolds, uh originally became getaway genius to steal medicine for his daughter olivia who was sick uh he got it for her she's okay now in case we're wondering <laughs> okay she has grown to adulthood but now that the original getaway genius has cancer and his chemotherapy she has now taken on the name of getaway genius wow um that's that's huge. You think there's any potential with uh, Vin Diesel being in the Marvel universe uh, of you know playing Groot that he could potentially get Getaway Genius um, into the next Fanta uh, Fast and the Furious? Well, but Maybe. this is a DC Comics character. God damn it! That would I didn't be realize great. it was DC. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Getaway Genius has appeared in 11 issues of comic book lore. Uh, all right, man. So I'm ready for you. Got a full point on that one. Thank you. All right, one to uh, half a guys, point. You're half a point. So I we're, need this. I'm, I'm, I'm in the lead. Least, you're gonna need I this need one. At least, at least half. I'm gonna point need here. the whole thing. Um, your character's name is Mad Mod. Is Mod spelled M A U D E or M O D? M O D. Mad Mod. Mad Mod. Mad Mod. Mad Mod. I think I know who Mad Mod is. Okay, great. I might be wrong. Madbot is a Teen Titans villain who is an old man. He's from the 60s. And he's an old man. And he has the ability to, I think, like steal people's life forces somehow to rejuvenate himself. And I want to say he has the ability to hypnotize people. And he's dressed like he's all like Austin Powers, like some 60s guy. And, uh,. And uh, he hates youngsters. He hates like kids. That's that's it. I'm done. He hates I'm hipsters. Go with that. All he right. Uh, Mad Mod was a world famous fashion designer. Okay. Famous for his quote unquote mod style clothing. Uh, the success went to his head, turning him criminally insane 
and he became a villain of the Teen Titans. Yes! So congrats on that. That's the only part you got right, so don't get too excited. Uh, um, well, no, uh, I said he was all... Fa- like, I said he looked like a 60s dude with the fashion. So that kind of got that right. Yeah, I don't know if I would say 60s, but yeah, he's a fashion guy, so you you, you know, you hit something on that. Okay, okay. Uh, he employed a wide array of gadgets and traps to neutralize his opponents. Um, he relied on a group of well-paid thugs to carry out his... Uh, is, uh, you know, I guess for brute force or whatever. Um, and he still possesses considerable knowledge about technologies. <laughs> and uh, if you were wondering, he's still also a very talented fashion designer. Um, holographic projection is another power of his. Hypnosis. Okay. Did you mention I, hypnosis? I said hypnosis. Yes, there I did. Uh, something called illusion casting. Okay. So. Which sounds like a porn, like a porn company. Uh, and he was also insanely rich. And um, anyway, I, you know what? I'll just give you the whole thing. Well, I got, I got one of his main powers, the hypnosis. <clears throat> yeah, you got He's it. a villain yeah. of the Teen Titans. That was pretty good. I definitely have seen him before. <clears throat> I, he, I, I'm looking at a, a, a panel from a comic where it sounds like he's he's from Britain. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I forgot, <clears throat> did I not mention that? That is, no. yeah. Because it's it's him saying, Mr. J knows his stuff well, bloke. Yeah. Worked his magic before he did. Yeah. Listen to him and you'll be all the better for it. You have taste, love. Oh, man. Just another nail in the coffin of any possible British listenership for CBC. My webs. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) That was better than (laughs) my webs. But, oh, dude, Bob Webbs is still, I think, my favorite thing that you've ever done. <laughs> Bob Webbs. Okay. Um, right, yeah, he is one. British. I did. I forgot to mention that, but I did know that uh, from the character. Uh, not that it matters. Uh, all right, your last character. I'm now thinking we've actually done before on what he do. <laughs> <laughs> but Uh-oh. I, we're already doing that, huh? I didn't find Crossing. an alternate, so we're just going to go with it. It's a Marvel character. I'm I'm about ninety five percent sure that this guy has come up before, or this guy or gal. <laughs> Your final character for the win is Bruticus. God damn it, we did do Bruticus. And the thing is, I'm gonna fucking get it wrong again because I don't remember what the fuck Bruticus does. Fuck. <laughs> This is going to be the running thing. You're going to throw Bruticus at me like every three times we play this, and I'm still not going to fucking know what this asshole does. Ugh. Okay, Bruticus. Um, Bruticus is... Oh, he's got Brute in his name, so he's powerful. He's, he's got a lot of strength. He probably looks like... Uh, is he dressed like a fucking Roman? soldier maybe um with like a bull's head okay and is powerful and yeah brute strength he's like a fucking he's like a hulk type character okay for the second time (laughs) bruticus was born in new salem colorado and was a member of salem seven okay bruticus was the son of a warlock named nicholas scratch he was born in the supernatural village of New Salem along with six siblings when Scratch ordered his mother 
Agatha Harkness to stand trial for abandoning Salem for a new life in the outside world. He transformed Bruticus and his other children into inhuman creatures so that the Fantastic Four could not interfere. The children called themselves Salem Seven. Um, so, so he's from the Fantastic Four storyline. Yeah. Oh my his god. His first appearance is Fantastic Four One Eighty Six Enter Salem Seven. Um, he. When he transformed, he does have the head of like a bull, like a bull head. Oh, okay. So he got that. He's not dressed like a Roman guy. Okay. Um, he does have super strength and magic. I'm gonna give you the full point on this. I think you got it. I mean, you didn't oh mention the magic Are you serious? stuff, but you got the bull's head, which is totally got. He's got that, and he's got the strength. Yeah, man. I think I'm gonna. You get oh. the full point. So I won. You won Woo! two to one point five. What he did? What a narrow loss. Ah, okay. Well, that feels great, man. Um, nice try. You know, maybe, you, maybe DC is my bag. What he maybe did. DC is my bag. The Bruticus, I believe, is a Marvel character because we've Bruticus, Bruticus is a Marvel character because he's been in Fantastic Four. So yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, another reason to hate that Fantastic Four movie is that Bruticus wasn't in it. Bruticus, two time. Two-time mentionee on the CBCU or CBC yeah. podcast. Fantastic Four movie zero zero mentions. times. So that's unfortunate. If you want Bruticus, f the Fantastic Four, f f f. Yeah. Well, dude, we somehow stretched <laughs> come, an entire come to the week CBU. of just like no news into an yeah. hour. How did that podcast. happen? I think it's the what do you do? What do you do? Is so great. What do you do is fantastic, and um. Well, actually, I was going to tell people to email us if they had people they wanted us to put in what he do, but that would kind of defeat the purpose because we would probably see the character's name. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, here's a question you can throw out to the CBCU, though. What is your favorite obscure character that you just, like, really like? Like, you know, Ig really likes Darkhawk. I guess he's not that obscure. I used to like Sleepwalker yeah. for no apparent reason. Um, those are slightly obscure characters. What is a character out there for you guys and gals in the CBCU that you – Really enjoy, but like nobody else cares about. Yeah, we want to. That's hear a good question. Thoughts on it? Darkhawk's a good answer, by the way. So please, uh, you know, all my hockey's out there. Oh God! <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody calls him hockey's, uh, and I'm not going to start. Uh, what? What? What did you just say? No. Nah. Are you trying to talk to the CBC universe behind my back? No, man. Totally up front, right in the face. All right, man. Well, uh, great job this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just saying that to myself. Uh, you, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Congratulations, dude, on the win for what he do. Until next time, everyone out there in the CBCU, stay super. Until next time, um, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Good day, everyone. Later, guys.